surface. Our eyes take in 2,000 pieces of information every second, but our brain processes 10 million pieces of information from our eyes. We only actually see about 20% of reality, so we're not just one field of energy, we're, we're multiple fields of energy. And these different energies control how our body responds and how the world accepts us or rejects us. So you gotta do something long enough to reset the pattern of the nervous system so that basically those fears or anxieties or stressors don't show up again in your physiology. Welcome to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, where we meet the world's top experts to explore the secrets of health, mindset, longevity, and so much more. Are you ready to take charge of your existence and biohack your life? This show is for you. Please keep in mind, we're not dispensing medical advice and are not responsible for any outcomes you may experience from implementing the tactics lying herein. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Oh my goodness, friends, I am so excited about today's episode with Dr. Patrick Porter. I am just so impressed with the brain tap, with the science behind it, how they've done so many cool studies that we talk about in this episode for how it affects things like anxiety, depression, PTSD. It really is the ultimate biohacking tool if you want to optimize your brain. My own experience with it has been so cool. I love how it has multiple programs so you can really tackle whatever issue you want to be tackling, change your mindset, change your approach, your thoughts, enhance your focus, help your sleep, so many things. If you'd like to get a brain tap, you can do so at melanieavalon.com slash brain tap and the coupon code melanieavalon will get you a discount. So thank you so much, Dr. Patrick Porter for that. Again, that's melanieavalon.com slash brain tap with the coupon code melanieavalon. If you would like to see Dr. Patrick Porter live, possibly meet him, try BrainTap for yourself. Friends, you've got to join me at the ninth annual biohacking conference. I am so excited about this. It is in Orlando from June 22nd through June 24th. I am just thrilled because there are going to be so many people there that I've had on the show people I've been dying to meet in real life. Of course, it is hosted by my friend Dave Asprey, so that's super awesome. And if you guys come, definitely let me know so we can meet. You can get discounted tickets when you go to melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference and use the coupon code MA40, that's MA40, to get 40% off tickets. That is huge. I know that now they've sold out of the preferred tickets, so I think it's just general admission as well as VIP tickets. So definitely grab your ticket before they sell out. Again, that is melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference with the coupon code MA40 to get 40% off. Please come meet me. But back to today's episode, we talk about so many things, how the brain actually works, the different brain states, what neurofeedback actually is, how our eyes and ears process information and how that relates to the brain, how music can actually make you smarter, how to deal with and the meaning of fear and daydreaming. We talk about AI and psychedelics. So many things. I cannot wait to hear what you guys think. Definitely let me know in my Facebook group, IF Biohackers, Intermittent Fasting Plus Real Foods Plus Life. And if you let me know on the pinned announcement post, you can enter to win something that I love, which is usually a full-size beauty counter product. You can also check out my Instagram and find the Friday announcement post. And again, comment there to enter to win something that I love. The show notes for today's episode will have links to everything that I talked about. Definitely check those out. Those will be at melanieavalon.com slash Patrick Porter. 
I have a very exciting announcement, friends. I have officially launched a TikTok channel. I've been on Instagram for a while, but it is time for TikTok. And with the channel, I'm going to be posting daily, very high quality, awesome biohacking content, tips and tricks, things from my life. And I really want to bring the glam to biohacking because I feel like biohacking can be very male-centric or focused on a certain type of person. And I just want to break that stereotype and bring all the sparkles. So please join me there. My handle is Melanie Avalon official. Please let me know what you'd like to see from me, what you think of the content. I do feel pretty shy about it. So please join me so that we can be friends and just go on the most epic biohacking adventure. Okay, friends, Spirulina update. It is still coming. I know it's been taking a while. It's just because I want to make the most ideal Spirulina tablets on the market, ones that are tested for purity and potency and to be free of all pesticides and just the highest quality. So we've got that Spirulina source. It tastes awesome. The issue we're experiencing is that in order to make it into tablets, it requires another ingredient. If you are currently taking Spirulina tablets and they say they are one ingredient, They are not one ingredient. There is something in there that is helping to keep that structure. So we're trying to figure out which route to go with this. It's really fun because I keep trying different samples. I think I know which one I like the most, but we'll see which one I end up picking. Either way, I really love the taste of our spirulina. It doesn't taste fishy or LGE, and I really experience the benefits. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you can get my other Avalon X supplements at avalonx.us. Friends, have you jumped on the serapeptase bandwagon yet? That's what I launched with, and to this day, it continues to be my most favorite supplement ever. It's a proteolytic enzyme created by the Japanese silkworm. When you take it in the fasted state, it actually breaks down non-living problematic proteins in your body, so it can help address an array of issues. Like I said, it will clear your sinuses, calm inflammation, It may help reduce cholesterol. Studies have shown it can break down amyloid plaque. It can help alleviate pain and so much more. I take it daily. It is one of the most important supplements in my arsenal. This is the new year. Start it off right. Get some serapeptase. You can get 10% off with the coupon code MelanieAvalon, as well as a 20% off code when you text AvalonX to 877-861-8318. That's AvalonX to 877-861-8318. Those codes will also work with my fantastic partner, MD Logic Health. For that, go to melanieavalon.com slash mdlogic. And of course, all of my supplements I formulated to be the very best on the market. They're tested multiple times for heavy metals and mold. They're free of all common allergens as well as problematic fillers, which goes back to that whole spirulina formulation issue I was talking about. They come in glass bottles to help prevent leaching of plastics into ourselves and the environment. And we even use the minimal amount of stickiness required for the labels to help with our environmental impact. To get these fantastic products, go to avalonx.us and definitely get on my email list so that you don't miss the Spirulina launch special. For that, go to avalonx.us slash email list. Another resource for you guys If you struggle with food sensitivities like I do, you have got to get my app, Food Sense Guide. It's a comprehensive catalog of over 300 foods for 11 potentially problematic compounds. These include things you may be reacting to, like gluten, lectins, FODMAPs, histamine, oxalates, sulfites, thiols, whether or not something is a nightshade, and so much more. It even includes autoimmune paleo AIP status. You can learn about the compounds, create your own list to share and print, and finally take charge of your food sensitivities. It is a top Apple app. 
often in the top 10 for the Apple food and drinks charts and friends get it now because I'm going to be updating it to a subscription basis soon. So you definitely want to get grandfathered in for life at one super low price. With the subscriptions, by the way, I'm going to be implementing some pretty cool features. So I need to do subscriptions to help support that. So like I said, get it now. Before we change to subscriptions, you can get it at melanieavalon.com slash foodsenseguide. And one more thing before we jump in. Did you know there are over a thousand compounds found in conventional skincare and makeup in the U.S. that have been banned in Europe due to their toxicity? If you are using conventional skincare and makeup, you are directly putting into your bloodstream toxic compounds, including obesogens, which can literally cause your body to store and gain weight. So if your diet's not working, you might want to think about what's happening with your skincare and makeup, as well as carcinogens linked to cancer. I'm not making this up. And just endocrine disruptors in general, which mess with our hormones. Thankfully, there's an easy solution to this. There's a company called Beauty Counter, and they were founded on a mission to change this. Every single ingredient is extensively tested to be safe for your skin, so you can truly feel good about what you put on, and their products really work. I am obsessed with their overnight resurfacing peel, their vitamin C serum, they have shampoo and conditioner, skincare lines for every skin type, and incredible makeup. It's so amazing that Tina Fey actually wore all beauty counter makeup when she hosted the Golden Globes. So yes, it is high definition camera ready. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Melanie Avalon and use the coupon code cleanforall20 to get 20% off site-wide. You can get the latest updates from me, specials, sales, samples, and so much more on my email list. That's at melanieavalon.com slash cleanbeauty. And you can join me in my Facebook group, Clean Beauty and Safe Skincare with Melanie Avalon. People share product reviews and their experiences, and I do a giveaway every single week in that group as well. And lastly, if you're thinking of making clean beauty and safe skincare a part of your future, like I have, I definitely recommend becoming a Band of Beauty member. It's sort of like the Amazon Prime for clean beauty. You get 10 percent back in product credit, free shipping on qualifying orders, and a welcome gift that is worth way more than the price of the year-long membership. It is totally completely worth it. And I'll put all this information in the show notes. An important announcement, friends. My EMF blocking products are coming. Make sure you don't miss the launch special. For that, get on my email list at melanieavalon.com slash EMF email list. EMFs are actually classified by the IARC as a group 2B, possibly carcinogenic to humans. These are such a problem. We are exposed to them through our Wi-Fi, our cell phones, our AirPods, And they are linked to so many health issues, including anxiety, migraines, headaches, even fertility issues. This is such a problem. Thankfully, you can address your EMF exposure. I'm going to help with that with my Avalon X EMF blocking product line. So again, get on my email list at melanieavalon.com slash EMF email list to check that out. All right, without further ado, please enjoy this wonderful conversation with Dr. Patrick Porter. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the show. I am so incredibly excited about the conversation that I am about to have. It is about one of my favorite topics in the whole world, and that is, of course, the brain and brain health and ultimate productivity and just the best ways to tackle your life. But then not only is it about that, because I've done a lot of episodes on the brain. (laughs) But this is not just the brain. This is about a way to, I mean, honestly, it's probably the most biohacking type 
device that I have come across as far as it goes with improving brain health. So I am here with Dr. Patrick Porter. He is the founder of BrainTap, which I am just so excited to talk all about this and ask all my crazy questions because this device is so cool. It uses lights and sounds with personalized meditations to, I mean, I guess we'll talk about what it actually does to potentially change your brain. I was really familiar with it. Like I had seen it, I feel like all the biohacking people are using it. So I'd seen it everywhere. So I was really excited when his people reached out about the interview. And then I remember I was talking to my co-host, Cynthia Thurlow on the Intermittent Fasting Podcast and was asking her if she was familiar. And she was talking about how, because she's in a mind share with like a lot of people. And she was talking about how they all have brain tap and we're all talking about it. So it is the thing to have. So I have so many questions. Dr. Patrick Porter, thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. And you can just call me Patrick. Awesome. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> so to start things off, I am super curious about your personal story. Were you always into this stuff? Did you have an epiphany one day? What led you to doing what you're doing today? Because it's really next level, if I can use a really cliche <laughs> cliche phrase. Well, I was fortunate enough to be born into a household with an alcoholic, if you can believe that. And when my dad got help, he got help through something called the Silva Method back in the 70s. And that meditation technique, it helped him so much, he went on to become a, one of the first instructors in the U.S. to share that. So I grew up using galvanic skin response systems or GSR systems to control my brain. And so back in the 70s and 80s, when no one was really doing this outside of research, Silva figured out a way to do it. And we, from there, it went on to, I went to work for a company called Light and Sound Research. We developed the first portable light and sound machine. They brought me in because of my background is my undergraduates in electronics, and then I have a degree in psychology. So those two things helped us to create what we called the MC Square. I really love Einstein, so I, we called the first device that. And then I've developed over 16 of these this one, if there were epiphanies all along the way on what can work and what can't work, because back then there was no neurofeedback. There was only biofeedback. So we were looking at respiration, skin temperature, heart rate. Now we have technology that just is amazing. We can keep fine tuning and figuring out how to really maximize brain function in a very easy, you know, basically put on a headset, press play, and you're on your way. Yeah, this is so, so fascinating. So a question. So your original MC Square, like what did it use exactly? What did it do? We didn't have the same technology we have today. So we had to take a big unit. There was a clinical unit called the SILS, a sensory input learning system, where we would actually all do this all by hand. So I would I would change the light frequency and sound frequencies as I was watching their respiration as they deepened their breathing cycle and as their heart rate slowed down. And it was very laborious and it took a person to run it, kind of like a biofeedback machine or a neurofeedback machine. And then what we did is we took that and we we miniaturized it into a EEPROM chip, which is the first portable uh, programmable chip. And we basically built the first 500 units from Radio Shack, which was a electronic store that some people might remember. You know, we built those in our back room, we sold them, we tested them. There was a jack on it where we could jack in a cassette player. And then I recorded sessions that went through the system, but it only had 10 different variations because they all had to be programmed onto the chip. It was only, it was a few years later, actually, not until 99, that we were able to include the programming 
the what we call our neural algorithm into the actual audio file. And now we can we can actually sync up on all 2000 of our sessions a different neurofeedback program because the brain will listen to and and respond based on the mirror neurons in the brain it will actually guide the brain into those different states based on our research and and every one of our algorithms have been researched to prove that they actually move brain waves so i'm very confident to say i could put anyone on this device as long as they didn't have a, a damaged brain we could put them on there and i would say that i could tell you exactly where their brain's going to be at any point in the journey because everyone's brain follows this algorithm because it's natural to our brain. So that leads that leads me to a lot of nuanced questions, and I feel like I want to step back and get a bigger picture first. But just while we're talking about it, so when you were develop, okay, so to recap what you just said, when you were developing it, you were seeing how people's brains were responding, and then you were literally like testing these lights and these inputs and seeing how they were responded, and you were creating the algorithm. Like, and now with BrainTap. Out of all the algorithms, did it start that way, like with humans creating it and then computers created it? Or how, how are the algorithms created now? What we have is every series is different. So we have to do the – because brain fitness doesn't happen when you just listen to binaurals. This is the mistake a lot of people make. They'll go, I'm listening on YouTube to this binaural beat, whatever. And as soon as you listen to it more than three times, the brain kind of treats it like wallpaper. So the brain wants a challenge. So what we've done in our 2000 sessions, that's why they're all different. And you'll notice on our app that if you've listened to a session within 72 hours, it actually gives you a prompt that says you've listened to this session in 72 hours because you need to have a washout period for the brain to reset and then re-expose it to a different algorithm to really get the brain training. Because just like us on a personal level, we only learn and grow when we're in a stress state. So we have to stress the brain out a little bit but once the brain learns it, it's like learning a dance. At first, it's stressful. But after a while, when you learn the dance, you just kind of go with the flow and the music guides you. Uh, that's what happens with brain tap after three sessions. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. So is that also the reasoning for, like, in the tracks when there's the overlapping voices? Yeah. What we wanted to do, because a lot of people weren't able to buy our equipment, I wanted to do something that could also engage both hemispheres and really bring more neuroplasticity to play in the performance of each of the brain tap sessions. So when when somebody hears something in the right ear, the left brain will light up. When somebody hears something in the left ear, the you know, and vice versa, it just goes back and forth. And what we showed was at first the brain will try to shut down because it, that's what it does under stress. It tries to shut it down so that it doesn't burn out. But once you do this, after about two or three minutes, the brain will stay awake. And then you'll basically start building those new neural pathways so you can handle greater amounts of information. And that's one of the big things, that's one of the big biohacks that we actually talk about is that how do you handle this onslaught of information? There's been many quotes by people much smarter than me even that say, if our grandparents were set down in New York City today, they might die of neuroshock. There's so much information available just on that one corner, you know, that our brain is processing all that data. So we have to figure out a way to train the brain for our new, this is a new time for our brain. It's, we've never experienced this much technology, this much information. And most people have never upgraded their, their hardware or software that they have inside their own human brain. Two questions from that. One is when I was doing one of the sessions with the, like the actual overlapping voices. So like one voice talking in the right ear, and then I think one was talking more center. 
well, I was stressing out about this, but I guess that's good since stress is required. But I was just thinking about how in a way you have to consciously choose which voice to listen to. And so I was thinking, well, there's that means there's probably almost infinite manifestations of how this track could play out because I could listen to just this one voice the whole time. I could listen to the other voice the whole time. I could switch back and forth and I would switch back and forth. So what are the implications of that? That's perfect. That's exactly what we want you to do so that each time it becomes a different experience. I love it when I, I get probably two or three emails a month where people say, I want to know what technology you're using because each time I listen to those tracks, they're different. But they're not. They're, they're, there's nothing changing. It's their brain changing the experience so that they have the experience they need at that moment. Wow. I was stressing about it. I was like, this can't be a good thing that I'm concerned about where to focus. So that's that's okay. There are What I tell people is I've taken ancient traditions and made modern technology. There's a shaman tradition after a ceremony Everyone in the ceremony would line up on the right and left of the person. And the person who just finished the ceremony would walk down and each person would say something they felt was going to impact that person. And they would say it at the same time in their right and left ear. And so it's a way to integrate these higher mind experiences that we have with psychedelics. But we're doing it without psychedelics because we're going to get the brain into the same brain state as the psychedelics. Without needing psychedelics, your brain can start to rewire and fire around that new information. Oh, that was my second question. It was it was because I had heard that psychedelics, I don't know if this is true, I'd heard they make you just actually experience everything, like not selectively look at something or experience something. Is that true? Right. I, I tell people that psychedelics are kind of like an aperture on a, on a camera, that you open it up and you now get to see the whole picture. And depending upon your perception of that picture, you experience that reality. You bring with you your own set of values and beliefs and constructs. But then what happens is when you get into these altered states, those all pretty much get taken away. So you enter into this new realm. We've done many studies now with psychedelics and brain tap. And what's in, what's interesting is that when we did the gamma series that we do, people are having a psilocybin trips without a psilocybin. You know, so the brain, the brain has receptors for these things. So in order for you to even experience it with even the plant-based medicines, you need to have the receptor sites in your brain. And that's why we have these experiences and they trigger the brain to get into these, let's say, super conscious states or these expanded states of consciousness where you seem to be a, basically connected to all things and you have answers to problems you didn't think you have. I, I've seen people say that they felt like, 20 or 30 years of therapy just was washed down the toilet because this four hour journey on a psilocybin took care of it all. You know, so it, it just depends on the person and their experience. In our everyday reality, all of that information that we are not consciously seeing or experiencing, is it going somewhere and is it affecting us or is it not? Listeners, hold on for a second so you understand this. Our eyes take in 2,000 pieces of information every second. But our brain processes 10 million pieces of information from our eyes. So we're, we're making this up. Our ears process 25,000 pieces of information every second, but we only process 40 pieces of information. So that means that even though we don't think we recall or hear something, 
We're processing everything. We did an experiment at our lab in, in New Bern, North Carolina, where we put a phone in the other room. We put a person on a EEG where it was live readings of the brain, and then we rang their phone. Now, there's no way they could hear their phone. It was on silent, so it just buzzed. But every time we pinged their phone, either through text or call, they had a cortical response, which means their, their deep inner brain responded. So there was some kind of quantum entanglement between that person and their phone. So I think we're only on the tip of the iceberg, what quantum, this quantum energy is that's going on. And our brain is a quantum processor. So it's processing all of this information from the world around us. And then we make sense out of it. It's not that reality makes sense. We make sense out of it. We, we put it into order. We give it time and space and duration. And then we function. And if we if we talk like this outside of this podcast, we might get locked up or something. But this is what neuroscience is talking about now. It almost sounds like we're talking to the Rishis back 10,000 years ago in India because they're finding out that we're not this body that we think we are. We're we're literally a light, we're light beings with frequency and and duration. And and basically we know that energy doesn't die. So we don't have all the answers, but we do know that there's more questions than there are answers right now. Okay. And so wait, those numbers. So for seeing, because I think I wrote down the wrong numbers. So we, we see how, how much and we process how much? We process 2000 pieces of information every second. Oh, okay. That was my, oh, we process 2000, but we see 10 million. We pr- our brain gets information. They say 10, 10 million bits of information every second from our eyes, from their auditory, I mean, the visual cortex. Okay. But we're literally processing 2000. So we're adding in more information? Well, what they say is we only we only actually see about 20% of reality. And the example I like to give is if you've ever been either at your home or at the home of a friend and you're saying, hey, where's the salt and pepper? And they say, it's right there on the counter. And you say, no, it isn't. And then finally, they come into the kitchen area and they it's right there in front of you. They give it to you. And you go, well, it wasn't there a minute ago. That's neuroscience would tell us that they call they have actually have a name for it. They call it a stictoma, which means it's after the Bible quote where Jesus says, you can't see the sin in another with a stick in your eye. Uh, but what they're really saying, we all have blind spots. And if that salt shaker happened to be in our blind spot, we wouldn't see it. Or if we didn't believe it was there, we wouldn't create it. We wouldn't, it would still be there. But we wouldn't, we wouldn't process it. We wouldn't, it's almost like the, because remember, everything we're perceiving in the world is not outside of us. We're perceiving that inside of our own consciousness and our own brain. So we, we, we have a relationship with the external world because we process it with our internal world. Yeah, this is so fascinating. Actually, the last interview I did was Dr. Loretta Bruning and her books are all about the brain. And she was talking about how there's, I forgot how many, like 10 times more neural pathways going from the brain to the eyes than from the eyes to the brain. So we're like really deciding (laughs) what we see. And I guess I've experienced this a lot with, it's like when I know, like, cause I'll, I'll work with a lot of brands on this show. And I feel like whenever I get a new brand, then I'll start like a first sponsor, then I'll start seeing them everywhere where I like never saw them before, or especially if it's like a a product in the grocery store, (laughs) I'll like see it everywhere. I'm like, it's so weird to me that I didn't see it. So the brain is like literally zoning in on things. So, I mean, that makes you really suspicious of people's memories. Like how do we even remotely have the same memory of anything that like that we experience together with another person? Well, yeah. Well, memories are reconstructions of experiences. So 
you know, it's all part of how do we interplay and how do we engage in, in activities? Our, it depends on how we focus. You know, some people are so focused in the moment, they, they know where their attention is and they know where their feedback is to their information. But it's all about the hippocampus at that point in the brain. And stress causes that to, you know, if you're trying to get a memory of somebody or have a conversation with somebody, you're really engaging in the hippocampus activity. And if it's stressed, that's why we don't remember names or dates or experiences is that part of the brain gets basically handicapped. And that's why, you know, we, there's so many different ways to engage the hippocampus and get greater blood flow and circulation. And then we find that people have better memories and better conversations and the brain functions at higher levels. Hi friends. Do you want to come hang out with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th annual biohacking conference. May 30th through June 1st in Dallas, Texas. And of course, I have a massive discount code for you guys. I went last year to the one in Orlando, and it was one of the most fun times of my entire life. I met and got to hang out with so many guests that I've had on the show. I met so many of you guys. And of course, there's lots of Danger Coffee and Dave Asprey approved meals and dry farm wines. And that's just the social aspect. The conference itself is mind-blowing. They have this incredible expo where they have all the biohacking supplements, all the biohacking things. You can learn about them, try samples, meet the creators and founders. If you haven't tried a lot of biohacking things, it's a great chance to actually try them out in person. Things like brain tap, infrared sauna, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, and so much more. There are so many incredible speakers as well. You can hear talks from people I've had on the show, like Paul Saladino, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Mercola, Dr. Annika Becca, and that is just a few of them. I seriously had the time of my life last year, and I would love to hang out with you guys, and you can get 35% off tickets. Just go to melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference and use the coupon code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. That's melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference with the code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. This code can be used for general admission or for VIP access. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas. MelanieAvalon.com slash biohacking conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. Gotcha. It's just so interesting though, because like there's, so there's that whole issue of the actual, you know, memories and, and the hippocampus and how they may or may not be accurate, but then the original reality that it's based on could just be so different based on how your brain is interpreting that reality. Well, there's a, we believe in, in the training that I've been through over the years is that nothing we have in our brain is real. It's been distorted, deleted, and changed so many times that what we think is our past is not our past. In fact, Dr. Richard Bandler, who was one of my first NLP instructors, he actually founded NLP. He would say that everyone deserves to have multiple past because then you can have a more productive future. You know, in if you think you only had, you know, when you, every time you bring up a memory, your brain reconstructs the whole experience and then files it away with the new information. So why not change it for the better? You know, give yourself a better past so you get a better future. 
No, it's so funny. So I actually think about this actively. So whenever I've had like an experience where it's a, you know, a memory that you're going to retell, I almost I'm going to reframe based on what you just said because I almost don't want to retell it because I know that every time I retell it, I'm recrystallizing my version of it and I'm kind of getting farther away from the truth like each time I retell it. So that that's a nice little reframe there. So the actual frequencies or can we talk a little bit about the frequencies of both the earth and the world and then our brains? Sure. Well, one thing our brain is like our planet. So if you and I were on a spaceship, we're heading toward earth, our earth would have a resonant frequency between 0.5 and 100. And our brain has an evoked potential also of 0.5 and 100, which means it will mirror any frequencies in those bandwidths. These are called earth frequencies, and they have different names for them. And these we call them brain waves when they happen in the brain. On earth, we have things like the Schumann frequency. If we're around water, we would have 10 hertz frequency. If we're looking at a candle, that would be 10 hertz frequency. A fire is 10 hertz frequency. So our body, these, these mirror neurons that we have and this cilia we have in our brain is always looking at our environment or listening to our environment, feeling our environment. And all of that information is being fed into the central processor, which is our brain. And it feeds back through our system. In fact, through our biophotaic system, which is our light system in our body, which most people don't talk about, but is the newest one that people are really, really talking about, is that we change every 40 seconds, every DNA scanned based on our environment. So that's when you think about these frequencies, that's how we know. And and one of the stories I like to tell is if you remember when the tsunami hit in Thailand and they showed pictures of it and people were saying, where are all the dogs and cats? Where are all the animals? Well, those dogs, cats, and animals are tuned into the planet. They were out of there where the people weren't tuned in and they're running after the wave. So, I mean, if once we tune into our environment, there's a lot of information that's being fed to us, but we omit because there's too much information. We have to pick and choose what we're going to experience and what we're going to leave off the table because we can only process seven point seven plus or minus two pieces of information at any one time. Wow. That makes you realize just how important, or I'm assuming how important your like your physical environment is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why there's yeah, like the ancient art of placement they call feng shui, we've, we've found that even people's minds, there's actually a lot of self-help now moving into environments. Like if you improve your environment, your, your mental state of anxiety or depression reduces or diminishes and could be gone just because you've cleaned up the world in which you live in. Does the environment ever mimic the brain? I've not seen that, but there are people that I'm sure that are better transmitters than receivers because our brain transmits and receives. You know, now they know uh, you've probably had the experience where you're sitting there and somebody's looking at you and they're behind you and you feel them looking at you. They now know that our eyes actually push light. So our eyes have more mitochondria than any other part of the body per square centimeter. The brain has the most mitochondria, but the eyes have 300 times more. So you actually transmit and receive light from your eyes. That's one reason. But it could also be that in that light is information. Like I'm thinking about you. If I'm, if I'm, you're sitting watching TV and I'm walking into the room and I'm, I'm seeing you there, then you feel me. You go, what are you looking at? And you, you, you weren't looking. You just felt it. So we, we exchange information on levels that we're not consciously aware of all the time. Because I, I know I've had that experience where you feel like if you're in the room and there's somebody else that you want to get their attention, like you feel like you can just like look at them <laughs> really intensely and they will turn. 
<laughs> and, and if you're a good transmitter, that will happen. You know, they they'll feel that because we're all generating fields of energy. You know, it, it extends about 18 feet away from us and they can we can measure heart rate variability from up to 18 feet. That means that the field that the heart and there were fields within fields. So we're not just one field of energy. We're we're multiple fields of energy. And these these different energies control how our body responds and how the world accepts us or rejects us. And speaking to that, so something like heart rate variability, which I'm sure a lot of listeners are very familiar with, they probably have things like aura rings and stuff like that. The effects on that heart rate variability, for example, how potent is something like the environment versus something more internal determining that heart rate variability? I think it's a combination, but what happens is if we feel safe, we're going to engage more of our parasympathetic system. If the environment tends to make us uptight or anxious or maybe even threatening, then it's going to turn on our sympathetic system. So depending upon how we function or how we feel, that's why it's so important to feel safe within your own skin. You've probably heard that before. If you're, if you don't, then anything will upset you. There are people that like you drive in the car with them and you're driving normally, but as soon as you put on the brakes, they go, <clears throat> you know, they, they get shocked and that might be their primitive reflexes, but it could be, it could be that they're basically not processing reality because they're not, they don't feel comfortable in their own skin, that everything is a danger. For instance, there's something called psychoimmunology, which simply means your psychology affects your immune system. And they know people that are positive by nature optimistic people have a highly functioning immune system. People that are fear-based by nature, they have an underperforming immune system. So if you look at life as a series of challenges, that's better than looking at it as a series of threats. So internally and externally, they kind of work together in that way. It's really interesting that, I mean, it seems a little bit obvious because we talk so much about the importance of not being in a stress state and all of that, but just objectively, if you forgot that you knew all of that, it seems like a fear-based system would be a stronger immune response because you'd be on alert mode. The problem is that there's something called the cell danger response. Every cell of your body is like a thinking brain. So when it gets when it it's going to restrict to protect itself, and that restriction actually snuffs out the mitochondria. Because we need our body works best in a flow state than it does in a compressed state. Fear, you think about when you're getting ready to fight or you're getting ready to run, you have to clinch every muscle. And, and so you're you're basically restricting the flow. But but if you look at Olympic athletes or pro athletes, they function at that high level in a relaxed state. So it has to be practiced. And some people do it naturally, but most of the time we need to we need to practice that to get the body to respond in stress situations without the stress response. Are any of the tracks or the algorithms specifically created to create a flow state in BrainTap? Yeah, they, they almost all are. When you, see, when you hear the last four minutes of almost every track, what we're doing is we're doing an integration process. Because just having an experience doesn't mean much if it doesn't show up on your timeline. You know, so we're going to, that's why I have you imagine the next day, the next week, the next month, the people you're going to see. Think of your everyday world as the the graphic user interface of a computer and those things that show up in your life trigger different behaviors, attitudes. They actually engage new brain circuits. So if you set up those brain circuits to be active 
to activate your best self. So you show up as your best self in those experiences instead of your shocked self or your fear-based self, you're going to perform better. But we do have ones for, we, we have like the peak performance program that we did with Julia Arndt that we took number, we took one percenters at high tech companies and improved their skills by 19%. The biggest thing about that study though, for the listener is that when we had them do the, we had them do a depression score before we started the study. And then after, if they would have went to a psychologist for assessment, they probably would have been put on some kind of drugs because they were, we improved their what they call the life wellness score by 70% because they felt like they got more out of life because we taught them to relax in the middle of the day and get rid of that stress. How long was that study you said? It was about 10 weeks. 10 weeks. Okay. How fast can people see effects from using BrainTap? For sleeping, a good number of people will find out right away. I mean, we've had people, we did a, we did a research project in Vegas one time, which isn't the best place to do a sleep study, but we did it with a group of doctors and we had everyone that had a problem sleeping fill out our, what's called the Pittsburgh's quality of sleep score. And then we had them do it at the end of the event. And we had a 92% improvement in sleep scores over the weekend in, in Vegas at hotels. So you, there are, there is the potential that somebody, but a lot of people will start, like if it's about diet, they want to change, you know, they, they might see themselves making better food choices, or at least talking to themselves about better food choices. I call it when you said that when you buy something, you start seeing it around, or you bring somebody on the, on the show, that's the reticular activating system. That's the part of the brain that basically marketers want you to have, they call it top of the mind awareness. But that part of the brain is things that we associate with or that we've that are on our mind seem to show up more in our life because those are marked out, if you will. So that, that's the, the main thing about all this is how do we mark out reality so that we continue to grow and improve and and get better than become stagnant in or regress. People will say that when they're like with technology talking about stuff. And then they start seeing it everywhere, like in their apps, like Instagram and Facebook and stuff. I mean, so there could be something going on with that, but it also it sounds like it also could be that you're just more aware. Yeah. Well, what remember AI is going to mimic the human brain. So they're trying to do everything the brain does. So if, if you and I were having a conversation and we say something about containers for building homes, now you and I are going to probably see containers building homes on our on our social feed, and even though they're not listening, right? But it's going to show up. So I think that there's a little bit of both going on there. So the actual waves of the brain. Could you talk a little bit about that, like theta, alpha, all the things? Sure. There's six primary brain waves we work with all the time, and the four primary ones that people know about are beta, where we're talking right now. This is our primary prevailing brain wave. And that should be about 45% of our brain activity while we're awake. This is our reactionary mind. So we need that to interact, but we don't want to have too much of that. Because if we have too much of that, we can become too aggressive and, and we turn on too much of our sympathetic system. Alpha, which is one down from there, is our intuitive mind. And that intuitive mind is where, like if you and I were doing something that we enjoyed, time would fly. You know, t time is suspended when we get into alpha and theta. Now, between alpha and beta, which most people know about that know about brainwaves, there's a brainwave called SMR, sensory motor rhythm. This is the one that as we age, it starts to atrophy. So when you think about balance, the distributor system, it's controlled by this brainwave. 
So think of brainwaves like Wi-Fi networks that are positive, that are telling the body what to do. If we reduce or eliminate SMR, which happens as we age, we can't walk very well. We, we have to use a cane or maybe a walker, maybe eventually get into a wheelchair. But we've shown at the lab that if we increase their SMR, their balance improves. We use a balance tracker to prove this. And so those are the three that most people hang out in most of the time. But if you drop down into theta, which is where most people dream about being in meditation, and I can tell you right now, 99% of people don't go there because we've measured about 30,000 brains. And in fact, most people, when they meditate, actually stress out their brain because they don't know how to do it. They're talking to themselves or they're falling asleep. And that's a very different experience than having an awakened brain state, you know, like a Buddhist adept might have or something like that. So that theta, though, each of these brain waves, by the way, actually triggers a neurotransmitter. So in when you're in beta, you're going to trigger dopamine. So that's why almost every addiction is dopamine driven. And then when you get into alpha, it's acetylcholine. That's why when you fall in love, you feel timeless when you're with that person and you're you're basically having fun and giggling because these are the neurotransmitters that get released. And then theta is the one that releases GABA, and GABA slows down the brain's function, but also is the precursor to DMT, which when we talk about most of those the psilocybins and things like that, that's what they're doing. They're increasing our theta or gamma, which I'll talk about in a moment, activity, and they're producing DMT. And then there's the brainwave of delta, which is our deep sleep state. And if we don't get that deep sleep that we need, we're not going to turn on something called the glialymphomic system, which is something they found in 2015 that is something they didn't even have. There's no physiology book written before 2015 that talks about a lymphatic system in the brain, but they found it through deep sleep. So that's when in Delta, the problem we have when in our scans we've done over the years, the average person is walking around with about 60% of their brain in Delta. And so that means that they are feeling like they're pulling a parachute behind them. And this is caused by a couple things. Number one, it could be a traumatic brain injury, but it, most of the time it just means a lot of inflammation in the body and the body wants you to go to sleep so it can fix it. But we're not going to do that. We're going to do coffee and sugar and all sorts of stimulants to stay going. And so we have to balance that out. And then, of course, there's the last brainwave that's the newest on the newest kid on the block is called gamma. And they're finding the gamma, the gamma brainwave is more of a higher level theta where you have this flow state that we talked about. When I've measured people who are professional athletes or creative people, healers, they always have a high degree of gamma activity. And our product, actually, BrainTap, actually has about a 21% increase of gamma. When every, any session you listen to is going to increase your gamma with BrainTap, typically. Wow. Okay. Some questions. So if people are on benzodiazepines, does that mean that they have more of a theta state? They could. But remember, it's the reason they call it practicing medicine is everybody's different. And they're just giving it to the person to see what kind of response they get. Because all allopathy does is it puts a... It puts a, a chemical into the system, and then how does the body respond to it? So not everybody, but you're trying to engage more alpha and theta. This is what science knows that that's the problem we have right now in our world is, in fact, to give you an example, if when we did our study with autism, we found that they had almost no alpha activity. In one of the studies we did with Joquita Handy out of Orange County, California, once we got the, the kids up to... 23% alpha, 90% of them started speaking. So that tells me that the brain uses that 
alpha frequency to instruct the vocal cords on how to move when you're thinking the thought. Because there's a lot that goes into speaking. We, we take it for granted, but there's a lot of physiological activity that happens to get us to speak even one word. How do we compare to animals? How many, I know there's a lot of species, but do they have similar brainwaves? They do. They do have brainwaves. In fact, we've been able to record the brainwaves and things on our neurocheck with horses and dogs and cats. It's just a little harder to get it because they don't stay still as easily, <laughs> you know, and sometimes we have to shave the area that we're going to be putting the probes on. And what we find is when you find out what the brain's doing, you can really find out what the nervous system's doing. And for healing, that's really important because if you're not in a parasympathetic state, you're not going to heal. You've got to get even dogs, cats, and horses, you have to get them out of that sympathetic drive, which everything has that's an animal. You know, animals have the freeze response. We have the freeze response. We just usually override that. And it's so, it's so short, you know, like the possum has a longer freeze response, you know, it's something like that. But we all, all brains, all mammals, and even dolphins, there's a, one of our doctors down in Miami, Florida, that does a dolphin camp because he showed how when dolphins send their sonic waves to the brain, it actually can help heal some of these people's brain function problems. Oh, wow. That's so cool. What about, what about AI? Does it exist in some sort of state and could it evolve different states, you think? Well, they say that Google's AI is sentient, but uh, you know, it seems to be, like you said, I wouldn't put anything out of the realm of possibility. Because what are we? I mean, we're consciousness. And what we had to do was we had to take these biological bodies that we have and make them sentient. How did we do that? How did it all happen? I mean, I, I believe in a higher power and in a greater source. But how did that, how did consciousness animate the physical body? You know, when we die, they did a study years ago where they showed that when a person dies, they lose three quarters of a pound. Yeah, the three grams thing. Yeah, so what is that? That's us. <laughs> you know, so I mean, because once once you're not there, you know, everybody believes in a life after death at a funeral, pretty much. You know, they always say, Oh, mom's not there, she's in a better place. But if you talk to them two weeks before mom passed, they'll say, There's nothing after this. This is all there is, you know. But I think that's changing because we understand the law of thermodynamics that energy doesn't die, it just gets transformed into another state. And so I think it's possible that AI could become sentient and some ways that's good and some ways that's scary because Hollywood hasn't portrayed that, that advancement in a very good light. <laughs> Not so promising. We can just listen to Elon Musk, I guess. One other question about the evolution of these brainwaves. Do you know if they evolved, did they evolve one by one or did they all evolve at the same time? Well, what happens typically, like when you're a child, when your baby is born, what happens is that baby is in a super state, which means that it, its brain is totally wired. As we learn, we actually unwire our brain. It's not the other way around. And so when we, in the brain waves, typically they're going to be in Delta most of the time up until 11 or 12 months. Some do it at different stages. Then they're going to start activating theta. Then they're going to activate alpha. Then they're going to activate beta. And by seven years old, they're going to now possess the capacity to pick and choose. Some people, some people, it's five. I tell people, they go, "When do you know that happened?" I said, "When do you? What's your earliest memory when you remember, like, hey, I'm here, I'm I'm on Earth. I've got parents. I've got brothers and sisters. I've got to go to school." There's a point in time in everyone's life where they 
they basically woke up. That's when you pop through the, the, the theta barrier and got into alpha. Oh, that is super cool. Okay. Do you think we will evolve a new brain state? Yeah, now we have we have we have Buddhist adepts that have been have been actually recorded at over 300 cycles per second. And so in these higher states of consciousness, we have no idea. When somebody says are we using our full brain's capacity? No, we're not we're not even using a, a fraction of its potential. So these frequencies they change the structure of not only our physiology, but they tra- change the structure of our reality. We are we're imbuing our reality with our energy. So we have no idea. And I, I, I believe that, you know, we're just touching the surface. We're basically as we're like that baby that's coming out of the, into alpha. We're just waking up and realizing that there's something better and different about us. And, you know, we have to, of course, fear is the biggest deterrent to this. Fear shuts down all neurological functions. So we need to get out of the fear-based model that seems to be out there, especially in our media and, you know, even our doctors, which have the best intent, but they're afraid they're going to get sued. So they don't give us any good news. They only tell us the bad news. And that's, that's terrible because there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are, that are very suggestible. In fact, the, the placebo effect is up to 40%. So that means that when a doctor says something, it's almost like a medicine man you know, they can, they not only predict the future, they can make the future happen. With hypnosis, they'll say that some people are more susceptible than others. Is there something similar with meditation and also something like brain tap? Like are some people more susceptible to having their brainwaves changed more easily from external things? Yeah, it's all learned though. I mean, there are, there are people they call subnambulistics. These are sleepwalkers. If anyone has walked or talked in their adult life during sleep, they're probably highly suggestible. They actually have a gene now that you can get on your, your DNA report. You can figure out if you have that gene. And the sad part about that is the pharmaceutical companies can now get rid of those people. So they, they, they can actually put more drugs through because they don't have the placebo effect to deal with. But the, the reality is that everyone can learn to be, quote, hypnotized or meditate. It's just some people start off, you know, I have a science officer, his name is Dr. Sidral. He speaks six languages. And when we went to India on a university tour, I took him with me. And by the the time the three weeks were up, he's speaking Hindi. And I said, Francisco, when did you learn Hindi? He said, well, we've been here for three weeks. So his brain, his brain, you know, he's like a universal translator. So what we can do, that's what I'm saying. We don't even have a clue. But for other people that go, why is it so hard for me to learn a language? Well, if you only learned one language, that circuit gets shut down. So in meditation, depending upon how you were trained, if you were trained from a very early age, that it's okay to imagine, create, daydream, all these things, you're probably going to be a better daydreamer, it'd probably be a better meditator. But there are people that are more, let's say we would put them in the category of being left-brained analytical people. They're not going to be as good. Not because they can't, it's because they have this negativity in their mind because they always are trying to justify reality. You can't justify this reality. Where a right-brained person just it's, it is what it is, and they create everything, and it's okay. You know, I say there's the California surfer, and then, then there's a New York lawyer. You know, those are two different people, and they're going to they're gonna respond differently. Now, they can all benefit from meditation. They could probably all benefit from the right hypnosis. 
you know, it's just a matter of finding what, what syncs up with their consciousness. Have there actually been studies where the pharmaceutical companies are selecting the population based on? There's a really good book called Suggestible You. And I only don't like one thing. He doesn't like, I'm not a chiropractor, but I do appreciate chiropractors. And I think they're very use, usable in the, in this field of biohacking because they're pretty much the first biohackers. They figured out how to hack the nervous system and create health. But for whatever reason, this guy doesn't like chiropractors. So he might have been underwritten by the pharmacy uh, company. But what he does is he talks about how now they can, he even tells what the gene is that you can look for if you've ever had one of these DNA tests done, if you are susceptible or not. Hi, friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like 100 brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste, Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. They would actually make the, the people in the study, would they want them to be more susceptible? 
so that they would more likely believe the drug that they're taking? They use it in, they use it for whatever they want. You know, they're, they're going to use that information. If they want to prove that something is more susceptible and they can convince them of that, but a lot of studies, they don't say anything. So once you know that, and then you can structure your questionnaires to get the right person who's going to agree that your solution, to give you an example, most drug studies are done with three different studies because only one typically works. And when we went against them actually just recently in Brazil, where we were tested against fibromyalgia, against opioids and brain tap, we beat them in all three studies significantly because of the opioids wear off before the end of the day with brain tap, if you do three, three brain taps a day, your own natural chemistry, because the world's greatest pharmacy is not on the corner drugstore, it's within our own brain. So we can activate those neuro, that neurochemistry that's going to help you to stay pain-free, number one, because pain only happens in the beta brainwave. It doesn't happen in any other brainwave. Whoa. So if you were in a different brain state very deeply, and then like something painful happened to you, does that external stimulus switch you over to that state? Or can you sometimes be so deep in a different state like theta that you wouldn't even feel the pain? Well, my dad trained me to go through painless surgery with no anesthetic. They did shoulder surgery on me in, in 1981. And I did it without anesthetic. Yeah. So he conditioned me, you know, he conditioned me for the surgery. And actually every word in the surgery, everything that happened in the surgery was designed to make me go deeper. Because there's no meanings in life until we give it meaning. You know, the old expression, when the guy slides into second base, is he out or safe? The home base umpire goes walking out, but the first base umpire says he's out, because he, but he doesn't have a good view. The third base umpire says he's safe, he's got a really good view. But the home base umpire says, you know, you're both wrong, because he's neither out nor safe till I say he is. That's kind of the way our brain works. Nothing is or isn't until we say it is. Wow, my mind is blown. My mouth literally dropped open. That's... That's crazy. So when people are, because we haven't discussed what the brain tap device actually looks like, so or what it has and what it, <laughs> all the aspects to it. So it's like a headset, like the the type where it's actually going over your ears. And there are, I'll let you, you know, tell more about the details. But there are LED lights in the actual earpieces into your ears, and then also a sort of visor thing that goes in front of your eyes that flashes lights as well. And then it syncs with your phone so that you can play the apps. And I, I did check. I remember when I was talking back and forth with your agent or whoever it was who I was talking to, and I was like, "Is there like is there the possibility to not?" use Bluetooth just because I get concerned about EMF and things like that. So you can do it with an audio cord or you can use Bluetooth. What are the different parts of it? Yeah. What's the purpose? I'll kind of take you through the evolution. First, uh, there was sound, right? So we had, we used Monroe Institute, which is probably the world's leader in, they call it hemisync, but it's really what happens in the brain is we're going to put a 200 hertz frequency in one ear and a 210 in the other if we want to get 10 hertz, because the brain always hears the difference between the two. These binaural beats are out there everywhere. So what we found was that not everybody followed the binaural beats like everybody says, because you have to have perfect hearing, perfect matched hearing to get them to work. So we started using something called isochronic tones. Now, this is something Silva used back in the 70s. So it's a sound that's, it's a weird sound. We don't make it available too much. There are sessions we have where you can hear these sounds. They're called pink noise or white noise. And they're actually a rhythm and a cadence like the planet. And so we've layered it in there and then we put frequencies in like Sofigio frequencies and Noje frequencies. These all help us to represent a three-dimensional space because now we can introduce light. 
So sound is really important and we get really good results with just our app. So if people can't afford the headset, they can, like our sleep study, where we help the coal miners get 70% improvement in sleep in just three weeks. When they use the app, it took six weeks. So you can do it with, but what light does, because our brain, just like the your last guest was talking about is there's so much neurological activity that happens. Your eyes are not just attached to your brain. Your eyes are the brain. So in, because they have this, all this mitochondria, the mitochondria will absorb the light energy. And when, when each cell is full of energy, our body shares that energy with the, the cells around it. They call this photobiomodulation. So it, it will keep sharing that information back into the brain so we can give energy to the brain. And that's important because it takes energy to meditate. Most people don't realize yoga, the most important yoga pose is corpse pose. Because everything that the yogis did, all the rishis will tell you, everything that they did up to the point where they relaxed was to get their brain ready to meditate. But there are so many people that go to yoga and they don't get the neuroplasticity that they could get, that they talk about. That's a real benefit of, of what's going on with yoga. So when, but because the, you're doing all those physical exercises and breathing techniques to bring energy to your brain. So once you have that energy, you can meditate, you can visualize, you can realize things. Now, what we did with the ear lights, when people look at the ear lights, they always go, that's really weird. What's that about? Well, well, we have, and we did this also with the study with Joquita Handy, because we were working with children that could not understand my voice. So I said, what can we do? Well, there are certain frequencies. Dr. Nogier found out there's seven frequencies, just like there's seven notes, you know, seven sounds, seven chakras, all of these things. Well, these sound, the, our body resonates and makes noise, actually. So if these frequencies are all present in our body, we're healthy. But if anything's out of balance, we're not healthy. So what we did, because the body will take what it needs and discard what it doesn't, every two minutes, those lights are changing their frequency to one of the other frequencies in the noje spectrum and then we're also sharing 870 i mean 810 nanometer light and 653 nanometer light and these are really important in the 470 nanometer these these lights what's going on is we're mimicking sunrise and sunset but we're running the energy through the meridians and we can actually measure this in fact next time in i'm we're in atlanta all the time we should have you come over we could do a scan with our neurocheck it takes about five minutes we could do a pre and post and show you how your nervous system's doing because we show that with using lights during the meditation you actually increase your energy and this is why all the biohackers are using it they can measure it on other devices and they see their energy change and then what happens is you've upgraded your nervous system to have more capacity because you can't get rid of stress, but what you can do is you can build your capacity to handle stress. That's what's, that's what's key in the world we live in today. Most people are trying to get, get out of stress. There's no way we're going to get out of it. We're being bombarded by EMF fields. And by the way, brain tap is the first line of defense that Dan DeBond talks about for radiation poisoning with the EMF. Because even on Bluetooth, we, we emit no, there's really no, EMF, if you use an EMF meter and put on Bluetooth, you won't, your phone should be on airplane mode, but you can have Bluetooth still on. Once that pairs, it's a direct link. There is no Wi-Fi in your home is much worse than Bluetooth. And we've, we've tested it all in, in Dan DeBond certifies devices. And he put me on his board because everybody that they've put into that, that they have somebody like we have one doctor who, if you turn on an iPhone around him, he passes out. 
He's so sensitive. So some people are more sensitive. So when you put these light and sound together, what we what they know about sound, we did with light. So the eyes aren't just flashing. They're flashing at a very specific earth frequency, whether we want to get gamma or delta or whatever brainwave, that's going to match up with the sound. Now we're creating a three-dimensional space for them to visualize into. Now we can play music. Music, the reason we introduce music is there's been a lot of science about music and how it improves the nervous system function. But the main reason is, is that they found out that this 10-cycle music or what they call Baroque classical music, we don't use that specifically, but we use music like that that's been encoded. And that music makes you smarter. Just listening to that music, they've done test after test. You don't have to learn anything new. It's just going to make you smarter by listening to it. So now that you're now that we've got you in what we call a hypernesia state or super memory state, now you get to we have about 400 sessions with no voice. So if people are worried about that, they can just listen to the sessions. But the reason you want to listen to voice, especially if you want to make a positive change in your life, is the words that you choose are going to change 2,300 different gene expressions. So we know that if you, the average person has 80,000 thoughts a day and 60,000 of them are negative. So we need an upgrade in our self-help and our, our self-dialogue so that we're, you know, there, there's a saying that says, if you talk to other people the way you talk to yourself, you'd have no friends. So we need to, we need to love ourselves, appreciate ourselves, have the right kind of communication within ourselves and basically honor ourselves. You know, it's okay to fail. It's what's the worst thing you can do is stop or, you know, stop trying. You know, the, the, the key is to just adapt, improvise and overcome. It's not just a Marine slogan. It's a, it's a way of life. The music making you smarter. I was in a debate with a friend the other day about this. Can a person actually improve their IQ? And does their smartness or IQ at any given time, is it fluctuating? Yeah, it's if you if you're under stress, you're not going to be as you know you're not going to have as great IQ. That's why certain people perform better in tests than others. They might be smarter in the everyday world, but you give them a testing scenario, and certain people perform better. So the the key is is to know what your performance levels are. But I do believe anyone can get smarter. I mean, I did. I was held back in second grade, and I became an honor roll student. So. That only happened because my dad taught me to do Silva, and he never said one word about improving my school. We did it all about sports because that's what motivated me. But the brain will take whatever is working in other areas of your life. If you allow it, it will generalize it into the parts of your life where you need it because the brain doesn't say, oh, wow, that works really good over here. I'm just going to use it in this area. We can, we can generalize those improvements across the grid. With the photobiomodulation and that energy going from the eyes to the brain, does it also transfer to the rest of the body, the energy? Yeah, they actually have. Uh, I've been trying to locate this because I saw it at a conference in Chicago. They showed a video done, I think it was at Harvard, where they started a laser on someone's index finger. And that's all they they just put it there. And they traced the biophotaic change all the way through the body. So it doesn't matter when we do it on the ears. We show the meridians improving throughout the whole body. Like people might have pain in their knee or their ankle. And when they get out of that stress state, that the body just basically takes care of that situation. So with what you're listening to, do you think there'll be the, the possibility in the future with the app to, I've heard there's benefit to like your name being involved in what you're hearing or saying. So do you think there'll be the possibility in the future for tracks, like maybe AI tracks where you can put in your name so it'll customize it to talk to you personally? Yeah, we have people working on that right now. I wrote a book actually years ago called The Power of Your Voice. 
It's only sold in the UK. It's not really even available now, but on Amazon, it's $200 if somebody wants to buy it. I can't believe it. It's a that somebody's making copies of it and selling it. But basically, I talk about how important it is for you to change your internal dialogue. So even though you're listening to me, you're really changing my voice to your voice to hear it. You're not hearing my voice. You're hearing your example of my voice. So, but yeah, when if we could personalize it, I, I my envision is that we're going to have an app soon where people can read my scripts in their own voice. Or maybe I was thinking... <laughs> We got, I mean, well, I probably shouldn't laugh because maybe a lot of podcasts are doing this, but one of the ad agencies reached out the other day about there's new technology now in the podcasting world, probably radio too, where it's AI that will create your ads for you in your own voice. And I was just like, um, no, <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> that's a hard no. I guess my question about that, like, could there be the possibility of, and would there be a benefit to hearing the tracks in your own voice to yourself? Yeah, we, what I believe is that there's a filter when you hear somebody else. You know, up till about seven years old, like I was talking earlier, you basically were a sponge. You absorbed everything. And then you had to start sorting it out. Once you, you know, I tell people when you, when your mom and dad tell you spit out that first bunch of food, you started to realize that you could make a choice. So we have filters. Some people don't take advice at all. Like you, you might have friends that you give them advice and they go, they get angry at first. Then they think about it. And then a few days later, they come back and say, hey, thanks for that information. I'm sorry I jumped on you, but I, because their first reaction is always negative because it came outside of themselves. They needed to process it, put it into their own language, work out their own scenarios. And then it made sense. You know, that happens all the time. Yes. Okay. I, I know somebody like that. I just had another thought about that. Oh, oh, speaking of the voice, I've heard that if you're doing like affirmations and things like that, I've heard you should actually say it out loud because then a different part of your brain hears it than just thinking it. Is that true? Well, you want to put it everywhere you can, obviously. I believe that affirmations themselves need to be changed. As you notice, mine are not really true affirmations. They're questions most of the time. So I'll give you an example. If if I said, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, and I look in the mirror and I got a pot belly and I, you know, I'm just drinking a beer, my brain isn't going to believe that. You know, but if I say, what would it be like if I was healthy? What would I see? What would I be doing today? How would I function? Now the brain, we made a statement into an action. Now the brain loves action. So now it puts it on the timeline and you start activating it. So I think affirmations are a good start, but they don't, you don't do anything. Because if you believe they're not true, they're not true for you and they'll just fall silent. But if you ask the question, it says, you don't have to believe what I'm saying, but what if you started using it and your life improved? How would you notice that? What would you see here or experience? Now your brain's trying to figure that out because the brain is a, they call it a servo mechanism or a goal striving organism. So if we present it the right information, it will give us the answer. And then because we ask the question, it thinks we want to apply that in our life. So that's why I kind of turned the affirmation thing on, on its head. And that came from my training in with neurolinguistic programming and all the other therapies over the years. Well, I love that. Questions are my favorite thing. So <laughs> that's great. Something that I found really interesting, and I meant to ask you, when you refer to it, do you call it brain tap or do you call it like the brain tap? I just call it brain tap. Sometimes I guess I probably would call it the brain tap, but I don't want to be like the Ohio State or something. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, it's true. Okay. So something that I noticed while using brain tap is that... Well, it, it feels like a very experiential, active experience, but it also feels very passive. And what I mean by that is when you, like, at least for me, 
when I try to meditate or when I have tried meditation programs, it's felt like it's beneficial, but it's also felt like I have to like figure out the system. I have to like figure out what to be doing here. Like I have to learn compared to using brain tap. I mean, it's just like guiding me there. I just like do it. So two questions there. One, how much effort is required on the part of the person to actually use brain tap? And for example, if you find yourself momentarily zoning out, did you lose the benefits? I guess the lights are still going on. No, they, what, we've done this in front of audiences all the time. And I usually do it after lunch. People are a little tired and I'll, I'll ask for the most skeptic person and we'll hook them up to EEG and we'll have it running live while I'm doing my lecture and they'll fall asleep. Some people are actually snoring, but their brain is still changing because this, this happens. This isn't for your conscious mind. Your conscious mind is just a passenger. So you can listen to other, you can be thinking other things. You can be doing other things. What we're doing is we're training the brain in these different brain states. What will happen eventually is that kind of monkey mind will go away. Some people just hear, hello, this is Dr. Patrick Porter. And then eyes open wide awake. And that's all they hear between it. And that's fine. They don't have to, you don't have to be present to get the experiences because the subconscious, I tell people when you probably had the experience when you were on the couch, you're watching a war movie or something, you fell asleep. And then all of a sudden you're in the war during the dream. That's the key here is we want to engage the most powerful computer on earth to start solving your problems. So if we give it the right information before you go to sleep, now it's got whatever, six to eight hours or 10 hours, however long you sleep to figure out the solution and incorporate it into your dream scenario, which then plays back as new behaviors, attitudes, and beliefs that will improve your life. Similar question. And I'm not advocating this. It does beg a good question about the whole process of what would happen. So when I was first trying out the different tracks, (laughs) I was taking notes for this interview. So I was like starting and stopping. What happens with that? Like, is it really important that you're on the whole timeline consistently or just for a normal person, say they're doing it and then they get interrupted and can they come back to right where they were? Do they need to start over? That, that is okay. It's, it's starting a track in the middle. That's not good. Your brain will come back from wherever you're at. But if it's, let's say that because we have some people doing this together. We have some, we show them how to daisy chain them, if you will, in clinics, and they do 10 people at a time. And we told them, don't let, once the session starts, the person has to wait to the next cycle because that you can't just jump in from a high beta state into deep theta. That, that's too big of a jump. And the person would just get irritated. It doesn't really work the same way. You have to go through the whole sequence. But if you get interrupted or you wake up, the brain knows how to wake up. That's why at the end, it's only about two minutes. You'll feel the session speeding up to bring you back up and drop you off into high alpha so you can wake up and come back. Hi, friends. Okay, so I'm a little bit embarrassed because I've been talking for so long about red light and near-infrared therapy, which is so, so important. However, I kind of left out something really important about light. So as you guys know, I've been talking about red light and near-infrared for so long. And at the same time, during the day, I was using a bright, sad light. So it's those white lights that help with waking you up, help with your circadian rhythm. They're used to combat mood issues and depression. So I have a really bright white one of those at my desk. A few things about that. I knew it helped wake me up and kept me stimulated, but I wasn't sure if it had any detrimental effects using it. And then two, I was also wondering if by just focusing on red and near-infrared light, was I somehow missing something in the full spectrum of light? Guess what? I was. And guess what? 
I found the solution. And guess what? I have a discount for you guys. So the founder of a company called Soulshine reached out to me and he was like, do you know about the importance of full spectrum light? And I was like, you know what? I've been wondering about this for quite a while. Please educate me. Oh my goodness. This man blew my mind. I talk a lot about the problems of blue light. That said, we evolved a natural full-spectrum sunlight that our genes are programmed to respond to. And today, we do not spend enough time in that light. A lot of us don't go outside, and we're overexposed to blue light. It's a problem. And then to make things even more problematic, the common sad lights that I was talking about that are bright white, they actually do not contain the full-spectrum light. They filter out certain wavelengths, and they're high in blue light. So just like I thought, it was not doing my health many services. There is only one company I have found, or I guess that found me, that makes a full spectrum white light device. So the Soul Light Systems include the fullest spectrum of visible and invisible near-infrared light with traces of UV light. Yep, that's right, because you need all of that as well. Don't worry, it's not an exuberant amount that's going to cause a problem. It's just a tiny little dose that your body actually needs. You can use these lights to fix your circadian rhythm and properly stimulate your brain's suprachiasmatic nucleus, or SCN, in a way that it was supposed to be stimulated. It's kind of like the natural spectral diet. Because yes, you may be suffering from malillumination. Did you know that your entire bloodstream actually filters through your eyes in a relatively short amount of time, that's the only way your blood is exposed to the outside world. So when we expose our eyes to this light, it actually can have beneficial effects on our blood. That is crazy. It helps with skin, with mood. This is the light that I wasn't thinking about that we need. I love Soulshine's light therapy devices. I do use it in combination with my red and near-infrared light devices as well so that I can fully bathe my body in the best light that is so helpful for my sleep, for my stress, for my metabolism, for my immunity, for my health, so many things. They have so many different device options. They have one that I love that kind of looks like a juve and I sit it on my desk and it has options for the full spectrum light, which is that bright white light, as well as an near infrared option. So what I do is I do a session of the full spectrum light in the morning and then I run the near infrared to help counteract the negative blue light around me. They also have stands with bulbs that you can get. I've been using some of those on my plants. I am just so grateful that Ken at Soulshine found me because I was missing out on such a key aspect of light and I had no idea. And you can get 10% off at melanieavalon.com slash soulshine. That's S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code melanieavalon. So melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code melanieavalon for 10% off. It's really helped my mood, my energy, my sleep, so many things. I think you guys will love it. So again, go to melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get 10% off site-wide. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. And what about other things during it? Like I have a sunlight and sauna, so my head is outside of it. Can I be laying in the sauna while using it? Oh, yeah. I do mine every morning. When I'm at home, I do a, we have a sunlight and sauna at the office, a big one that, and then I have one that I can sit in with that my head pops out of. And that's when I have at home. I do that every morning. That's my morning ritual when I'm at home. Oh my goodness, we match. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing it in my my solo, my sunlight. And I was like, this is great, but I got to make sure this is okay. <laughs> That's awesome. And how about like, well, it guides you through breathing. Like, should people also do conscious breathing exercises or just go with the, the track? 
They could. We have a bunch of breathing exercises now. We're adding more with some breath masters that are coming on board with us because I think breath is a really important part of changing the brain. I was I was published the last two years three times in PubMed because we did breathing exercises that mimic what the brain tap does, like pranayama breathing and things and how it affects the frontal lobe. I'm always interested in what can we do without technology, but then how can we make technology for those people that don't want to spend four hours a day doing this? Yeah. Okay. How do you feel about tapping? Uh, yeah, we like that too. When we when I had my franchise company, we taught all of our therapists to do that. But that's just the first step. A lot of people forget you've got to you've got to integrate that. So, like uh, every every time you have an exertion or every time you change the brain's function, the sooner you can begin to use that function, which means you put on the brain tap after those tappings and maybe do a ten minute integration session. The integration is what's going to make that last. Even though. I've been through all the training and they say, all you got to do is this and it's forever. I can tell you it's not because we've saw thousands of people and they'll come back because the nervous system, nothing's forever. So every 72 hours, your nervous system is going to try to go back. So you got to do something long enough to reset the pattern of the nervous system so that you don't, you, you basically those fears or anxieties or stressors don't show up again in your physiology. Okay. That is interesting. The 72 hours thing, because I heard on a different podcast, it was not about any of this really, but it was talking about how when you have a a reaction to something where you want to really react, an email or something that somebody said, he was saying that you needed to wait 72 hours because that was how long it took the brain, like the nervous system to reset. And then after 72 hours, you would know if, if your initial reaction was intuition or just reactionary. Does that relate to that? Right. 70% of your nervous system's in your brain. So he's saying the same thing. Yeah. Oh man, that okay, that is exciting because he said that and I've been like a little bit suspicious. <laughs> so that's this is really exciting to hear this. And so you were talked about the the evolution uh, or you know what you're working on with the tracks and you know the you know AI or voices or adding people's names and stuff like that. Are you working on anything new with the actual physical technology of it with the lights and all of that? We're we're always coming out with something new. I know that in the future, we don't have a date yet, but we're working on having noise canceling for those people because a lot of people use it on the airplanes and things like that. But we're always upgrading. We're always trying to figure out new ways. We're actually working on a sleep mask that would block out all the light, and it's a full spectrum. In the future, we will have all of our sessions are encoded for full spectrum light, which means they can change colors. We could have not just blue, we could, and then at night, we could have it have a more green tint to it than blue like the sky does as the sun goes down. We're going to mimic, our sessions mimic more like the rising and setting of the sun. We have that, that's already programmed into the sessions. We just need the technology to catch up with us so we can do that. We can do it in the lab, but it's just not feasible to do it in the device yet. But we, that's on the breadboard and we're working on it. We have a group actually of researchers working with myself and Dr. Sidral to, to find out how we can make that happen. That was one of my questions because, you know, I talk so much on this show about blue light and, and stuff like that. And so the sleep checks are still using that blue light, but it sounds like that's not an issue with like stopping. Yeah. The blue light that's bad is below 450 nanometer. Ours is 470. Ours is actually healing light and we need energy to sleep. That's the problem. We've all probably seen children that they were so wound up, they couldn't sleep. That's because they expended their energy and they can't sleep. The brain needs energy. All of our sleep studies and every one of our sleep studies beat anything else out there and they're using the blue light because your eyes are closed and we're using a very low level light. We're only using eight LEDs where your cell phone has over a million. 
So it's it's such a low level of it that, I mean, it's not going to bother you. I mean, some people, there are 20% of the people that use BrainTap that we say, just don't use it at night if you're that sensitive or buy yourself some blue blocker glasses and wear those while you're doing the brain tap. Oh, that didn't even occur to me. That's funny. Yeah. And then it's interesting that you close your eyes. The light still goes through when your your eyelids are closed. Yeah, that is through photobiomodulation. But the actual experience of brain tap is using the cranial nerve too. It's not even using the way you see. That's just another side benefit to what brain tap does. We're changing the brain based on the nervous system, not on what you're seeing. Yeah. Okay. If you open your eyes, would you get the same effect or no? It, it's very stressful to the eyes just because of all the flashing. But our, when we do all the studies, with, especially with the autistic kids, they keep their eyes open and we still get a great response. But it's a lot of energy going into the brain. So closing your eyes just makes for a better experience. What studies are you currently working on right now? Well, we just finished the one that I was talking about with in Brazil, but the, down in Seminole College right now, if you go to their website, you're going to see BrainTap there because they use it as a recruitment tool. So, And that was because the study we did with the golfers, who are now three-time national champions, they have the highest GPA in the school. So we're doing a school-wide study on accelerated learning using BrainTap. And some of that's being done with the app, and most of it's being done with the app, I should say. And then a, a group is doing it with the headset, so we can see the difference between what's happening there. And then we also have a dementia study based on our pilot study, where we took everyone off the dementia scale in six weeks. And yeah, and they built their brain went to thirty nine had thirty nine percent neuroplastic change over the course of the study. And then when we checked them a month later to see if what was happening, they call it a washout period they actually improved it even more. So the brain can learn and develop. And of course, we had them go back to using it because they don't want to, if you don't do anything, you're going to go back to what you had before. We don't want them to, when they were taken off the dementia scale, they didn't want that to happen again. Wow. Were these people that were, I don't know much about the range of the dementia scale. Were they, did they have severe levels of dementia or were they just sort of approaching? They were, they were somewhere in the dementia spectrum. We didn't take anyone who had Alzheimer's, so some were severe, some were mild, but we know the sooner you start working on your brain, the better. You know, I tell people it's it's a much easier to make repairs on your home when there's little things to do every day instead of waiting for a hurricane to come and blow it down. <laughs> you know, we've got to take care of it now instead of later. I just want to use this like every second of my life now. Can you use it too much? No, you can't use it too much, but if you use it more than three times a day, we found that there's really not a lot of neurological benefit. But if you're in the hospital, like we have a program they use in several hospitals, and there's 10 sessions in that medical series, some people just listen the whole time and it speeds up their healing because they're more in a parasympathetic state. Yeah, one question I did have, I don't know if it would be beneficial, but when I was doing one of the sessions, I was thinking about how it would be fun if there was a mode where you could just play music you like and it would adapt to that. Is that, would that even be beneficial? That's part of what we're going to be building into that app I was talking about is you could upload your own music for yourself. So I can play like Taylor Swift? <laughs> like, you know, I'm kidding. Oh, wait, that, oh, I'm not kidding though. Hopefully we, when you look online, Leanne Rhymes uses BrainTap and we talked to her about, she came out with a series of chants, she calls them. 
And I told her, I said, you know, when the time's right, we're going to encode those to have them on there. But we have different music and we're doing other chants too that are, hers are more affirmations, but there there are Indian chants, like they would say, they call them bhajans, that we're encoding. But we're going to make it so that you can upload your own library just for you. And then you pick the algorithm and then it, it puts it into your locker and then you can listen to that however much you want on the app. Oh, that's really exciting. Well, I was thinking, because there are some songs where you get those, that's a lot of instrumental music too for me as well. And I was thinking, wow, if I could like pair this with this brain tap, that would be like a whole nother experience. How people are doing it now, they, they get a mixer and you put your music you want in one track, or, you know, in one part of the mixer and you put the brain tap in the other and then you mix it out into your earphones. You can do it that way, but that takes another piece of equipment. Okay. Oh, very cool. This has been... So incredible. I'm sure that listeners will probably all want a brain tap now. And now I'm just, I want to get, I want to get it as a present for like everybody that I know. So we'll put links in the show notes to all of that. How can people best follow your work and all the things? Yeah. Well, me personally, they can go to drpatrickporter, drpatrickporter.com or at drpatrickporter. They can see me on social media. There's a lot of YouTube videos. If they liked what we talked about here, there's literally hundreds of videos and talks that I did about different topics. And then, but braintap.com is the main site. Everything on my site, besides my talks and things like that, that are are driving people to go to Braintap. And that's where they can buy things and, and try things out. And you'll put those links in the show notes and then they can go there and check it out. Something else that's really cool in the app for listeners, there's a section of it's a lot of people like in the biohacking world, it's a lot of guests I've had on this show. And so they have personal tracks. So it's pretty cool. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. The last question that I ask every single guest on this show, and it's just because I realize more and more each day how important mindset is. So what is something that you're grateful for? Like I said, at the very beginning, I was blessed to be the son of an alcoholic because if my dad didn't go get help, I would be the one sitting on the bar stool today trying to find and struggle. So I'm very grateful to my my father and my mother who got us into this field at a very early age. And I, I don't feel like I ever work. I feel like I'm still doing fun things I used to do when I was growing up. So it's, it's great to be doing something that doesn't feel like work. I love that so much. I agree. I just love everything I do so much. And I, I often think about how amazing the world would be if everybody was, you know, just doing what they loved. It'd be like a whole nother experience, but thank you so much. This has been so incredible. I so appreciate all of the work that you're doing and, creating this incredible product that can change so many lives. So thank you. Thank you. And yes, please let me know if you're in Atlanta ever. That would be (laughs) so epic and so amazing. So yeah, thank you. Hopefully we can talk again in the future. Yeah, we'll do it. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Patrick. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. For more information, you can check out my book, What Win Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine, as well as my blog, MelanieAvalon.com. Feel free to contact me at podcast at MelanieAvalon.com. And always remember, you got this.